Hello, and welcome to another Minutes with Maurice podcast. Every living species on Earth requires a sleep period. Each has its own unique circadian rhythm. An extreme example is the circada with a 17-year life cycle. There are hundreds of billions of the 3,000 species of the cicadas around the world. Of all the species, only seven share synchronized life cycles that allow them to come out simultaneously every 13 to 17 years. Humans have a circadian rhythm that demands rest periods within a 24-hour window. These rest periods are recognized as sleep. To many of us, the word sleep connotes a welcome respite from what might have been an extremely hectic period, and sleep represents an opportunity to escape into the never-never land of a dream state. On paper, it all seems wonderfully simple. But in reality, the concept of sleeping by we humans is complex and extremely variable. Following is a look at the earliest history of sleep experiments and some conclusions for us to consider and apply to our lifestyles. Let's begin. There are four stages of sleep, divided into non-rapid eye movement, known as NREM, and rapid eye movement, known as REM. Stage one of non-REM transitions from awake to asleep very light. During stage two of non-REM, body temperatures drop. Heart rate begins to slow. Slow wave sleep may occur. During stage three of non-REM sleep, blood pressure drops. Deep, slow wave sleep occurs. During REM, or rapid eye movement. Eyes move rapidly. Dreaming occurs. Muscles are paralyzed so that dreams cannot be acted out. What do these findings mean in the overall study of and further experiments into the phenomenon of sleep? Suffice to summarize them as being meaningful and insightful within the scope of our daily sleep management patterns. Statistically, it has been established that 20% to 25% of sleep time by humans is devoted to rapid eye movement. Only 5% to 10% of sleep time is devoted to rapid eye movements by the other primates. There is a 10% 
to 15% increase in deep non-REM sleep that healthy adults experience when they take a hot bath before bed. 19 hours without sleep will resolve into cognitive impairment equal to being legally drunk. Approximately 25 to 30 years is the cumulative time that most humans will sleep during their lifetime. 25% of married couples sleep in separate beds. Humans are the only mammals that willingly delay going to sleep. There are three primary kinds of sleep habits. Monophasic, sleep in a single segment per day. Biphasic, sleep in two segments per day. Polyphasic, sleeping in short bursts throughout the day. What is your primary sleep habit and so what? Is it good or bad? Should you try to change it? There isn't an easy answer for the sleeper to determining his own crotype. There are nine different genes believed to dictate chronotypes. 800 million people in developed countries won't get enough sleep this week. You cannot train the human body to sleep less. The human body never gets used to night shift work due to its circadian rhythm. We are programmed to feel alert during the day and tired at night. We often hear, I just can't get out of bed in the morning. It is a real and chronic event. It's called dysania. Technically, it's not medically recognized as a standalone diagnosis, but it often accompanies other affectations such as, very often, depressive periods. Some further statistics are just too interesting to ignore. 75% of Americans reported rarely or never seeing color in their dreams in the late 1940s, before the advent of color television. There is a 200% increase in likelihood of a heart attack or stroke among adults 45 years or older who sleep fewer than six hours. Sleep preferences are baked into our genetics. Variations in sleep patterns called chronotypes likely help our ancestors survive. Staggering bedtime would ensure that somebody was awake to alert the tribe at, say, saber-tooth o'clock.
If you are curious about your disposition, there are commercial DNA testing sites. One is 23andMe. It can help you figure out distribution of specific chronotype genes. Available online for free is AutoMech, and that is Auto M, capital M, capital E, capital Q. It can also place you in one of the chronotypical categories, estimate your natural bedtime, and pinpoint at what time each day you experience the onset of melatonin, a vital sleep hormone. The very nature of sleeping styles has a lot to do with the suprachiasmatic nucleus, or SCN. This small clump of cells, composed of about 20,000 neurons, sits at the intersection of your optical nerve, right in the middle of your brain. It serves as the body's atomic clock, tracking outside information, like ambient light, to determine whether you should be wrapped up in a comforter or going for a morning run. Further, it releases chemicals like melatonin that affect when you're able to fall asleep. As you continue to age, your SCN releases different signals. To an infant, it says, get up and scream at 5 a.m. To an adolescent, it says, ah, go ahead, with watch scary movies way past bedtime. To an adult, it influences the time of day your body naturally falls asleep. About 30% of the population doesn't have a strong defined chronotype. Roughly 40% are physiologically primed to be morning larks. Peak wakefulness arrives early in the day and sleepiness arrives earlier in the evening. The remaining 30% are identified as night owls, wired for sacking out later in day and stirring later the following day. Could HR departments hire personnel on the basis of a candidate's sleep pattern for specific jobs? (laughs) Would it be a violation of a civil rights interview policy? For an owl who just went to bed at 3 a.m., hacking it at a 9 to 5 may result in a measly 4 or 5 hours of shut-eye, depending on the commute and other morning obligations. There is actually a dedicated term for the discrepancy between chronotype and modern working hours.
social jet lag. It's the reason night owls forced to work in morning lark conditions can struggle with health problems, including obesity, diabetes, and heart disease. Chronotype variation can now be considered a liability and a leading cause of sleep deprivation. Let's examine some of the larks and owls' traits to help you identify which one you might be. Morning larks tend to thrive in corporate sweat settings. They aren't necessarily more successful, but they're better equipped to handle traditional working hours for office environments. Famous larks are Oprah Winfrey, Ben Franklin, Steve Jobs, and Richard Branson. A 2019 study published in Nature Communications assaulted the sleep styles of Americans. Wrist-worn activity trackers were used. Results suggest waking early may be associated with a lower risk of mental health problems like schizophrenia and depression. But what if you're a mite owl stuck in a lark's world. What are your traits? When are you at your best? A study of 3,000 college students found that night owls were more likely to be depressed, anxious, and to suffer from obsessive tendencies. But they also scored higher in the categories for novelty-seeking, and harm avoidance. According to a 400,000-person study, so-called definite evening types were more likely to drink and do drugs. A much smaller study found that male night owls have about four times as many sexual partners as their lark counterparts. A Canadian survey of almost 4,000 people found that self-identified night owls were more likely to have vivid, severe nightmares independent of age or duration. Another study of more than 20,000 teens and adolescents who self-reported later sleep schedules were more intelligent and creative, on average, than those who went to bed early. I hope you have found some of this podcast to be helpful in understanding what type of sleeper you are and some of what makes you a lark or a night owl. Be sure to click on follow to listen to part two of sleep when we delve into more of the causes and reasons of why sleep is a must.
for our survival. Thank you for listening to this week's Minutes with Maurice podcast. Until next week, please sleep well. I am Maurice St. Germain.